0: You are listening to the podcast, When Life Gives You Lemons, presented by me, Emma Levy. Having worked with elite athletes for most of my career, it's always intrigued me that a significant number of high-performing individuals have encountered some form of adversity earlier in their lifetime. My fascination into this grew when I had my own brush with adversity, when I was diagnosed with breast cancer in May 2020, in the midst of the global pandemic at the age of only 36. During this period, I questioned whether it was my positive mindset or maybe something deeper, which enabled me to bounce back and to train and compete for a triathlon just one month following completion of all active cancer treatment. The goal of this podcast is to explore this concept further by meeting a variety of high-performing individuals who have experienced adversity but who have come back stronger. And today I'm kicking off with chatting to the fabulous Will Perry. Will is a British swimmer who represented Team GB at the Paralympic Games in Tokyo 2021. Will was born with achondroplasia, a form of dwarfism, and following his return from Tokyo, he started to speak up about the verbal abuse he often received due to his condition. He was fed up with the bullying behaviours which he is so often subjected to, and he put a call out on social media asking for change. Since then, he continues to swim train with the aim of being selected for the Paris 2024 Paralympic Games. But he has also now met with politicians, been asked to present a TED talk, and is even involved in creating a specific fashion brand for people with dwarfism, and is considering a pursuit in motorsport. So much to discuss. Will, thank you for coming to talk to us today.
1: Well, thank you for having me.
0: You're, you're only young, you've just told me you're 23, um, and you're currently training for selection for the upcoming Paralympic Games in Paris. Tell us, how did you get into swimming?
1: So with dwarfism, um, it naturally gives you a weaker spine. It's different in different dwarfisms, but with achondroplasia specifically, you have a weaker spine. And that meant I couldn't really play contact sports young- when I was younger. I could play a bit, um, especially when you did tag rugby and stuff like that, and I really loved, I would have loved to have played rugby, but I couldn't. I moved to a, what we call senior school, but high school when I was 13, and the head of sport there uh, Stowe School was really, really keen for me to find my own path, not just be the water boy um, and or a mascot, so to speak. So he told me um, we had a sat we had a sat, sit down chat for about five minutes, and he asked me what what do I like doing. I said I used to like sailing a bit, not so much now, but I used to um, I really like swimming. So all right, go to the swimming pool and have a half an hour paddle, and tell me how you feel, and have a chat with the coach. So, I remember it was a Thursday afternoon at about 4.30, and I trot along in my holiday swimming trunks with these really dodgy goggles, and I have a go, and I'm pretty shocking. Uh, I actually have another family friend who I've known since I was a baby who was there with the coach watching me. He was telling the coach, he's a good swimmer, he can swim. And while they were having that conversation, I was bouncing in between the lane ropes. I attempted a tumble turn. It wasn't very good. And... The coach pulled me out. His name was Stuart Cowie. I still to speak to him this day. Um, and he said, I'm going to work with you and I'm going to get you to nationals within the year. Wow. And he did. This was, so this was July. No, 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 no. This was September 2014. And I attended the SA, uh, which is now Swim England, nationals in 2015 in wow. Sheffield. I think I even made a final. <laughs> can't remember. I remember him telling me, which was really funny, um, we did a t- trial fifty-three, and I went. I think it was like forty-nine point. I remember him telling me, "Oh, you've got to go forty-five to be considered all right." I remember thinking, "Oh, wow, that's gonna be quite something to do." And Now my PB is thirty-two point two. Oh wow!
0: And so, do you remember watching the London twenty twelve games, thinking that could be you at all, or not at all?
1: No. I, if I'm being honest, I, I didn't. I couldn't. I didn't care less. But I remember even watching um, Eddie Simmons. I think at this time I was still twelve years old, so I loved my Lego and toys and stuff like that. And my mum, I remember, pointed at the T V and she was, Oh look, there's Eddie Simmons, she's got the same condition as you. She's doing really well and apparently, I looked up at the TV for. Oh, that's cool, and I just continued playing with my Lego. I didn't really care. <laughs> yeah. Um. It's it's all right now. Ellie and I are a great friends, but um, <laughs> it makes her laugh when I tell her that story. But yeah. if I'm being honest, I wasn't inspired by anyone. Yeah. I didn't get into swimming to get to the Paralympics. It gave me something to do, and I didn't even really have any ambitions to do the Paralympics for quite a while mm-hmm. i think it was 2017 2018 when i moved to a swimming school called mount kelly in devon and i got introduced to i got exposed to more higher up parallel swimmers and i thought actually you know what it would be cool to get a british record yeah. um I, there's one particular friend there who only had one but i thought i would be really cool to have a british record and now i think i've got six or seven yeah which is quite That's cool amazing. it's a full circle moment for me but yeah, I never got into it thinking, yeah, I want to aim to get to the Paralympics. It was probably around twenty twenty because I primarily I never thought I'd get there. Mm, um, why not? I, pff, I didn't think I was good enough. I didn't think I, I had. I didn't have the background. Most women start when they're eight or nine. I started when I was fourteen. Mm, so old. this is only my tenth season ever. Yeah. Um, third as a professional. So. You, you miss out a lot of that skills and development, which mm-hmm. is so crucial. And that still shows if you sp- if you speak to my coach now, that still shows in my swimming today. It's not as refined mm-hmm. as a lot of my colleagues.
0: Yeah. So so growing up, you were quite sporty, but you just couldn't find that sport for you until that coach kind of found you in the swimming pool.
1: Yes, I'll, I was really encouraged by my parents to have an active lifestyle. They mm-hmm. were not the give the kids an iPad and let them do their thing. Uh, I remember he had a very small tree house, we were given bikes, we were given a digging pit where we can make jumps and that sort of thing. If you fall over, you know, cry off and you'll be fine. Um, so I loved riding bikes when I was a kid, we rode them, when, when, when we weren't inside we were riding bikes or running around, um, we were very fortunate to have a swimming pool at home which was just the best thing ever. Mm. Um,
0: Do you think that helped you pursue the sport of swimming? I
1: think it increased my love for swimming. I always loved jumping in, and I love swimming in the sea as well, which obviously happens a lot when you go sailing. You fall out of the boat, or yeah. you capsize on purpose because it's quite funny. Yeah, yeah. Um, or when you go on holiday, I love swimming down, looking at what's on the rocks, and that sort of thing. And it, that was when I was really young. And I still love doing it now. But I don't know. I think I have a natural you know attraction to the water i wouldn't say it's for me swimming is not my be all and end all passion mm-hmm. there's things i do love more there's things i find more interesting swimming for me is like the day job yeah uh i do enjoy it otherwise i wouldn't do it i, I do 20 hours a week um but we were very encouraged to have an active lifestyle by like my parents yeah. we're all very fit we're we're not obsessive well obviously mine's a sport my brother <laughs> is a runner Okay. He's uh, Loughborough University, and he's a hundred and two hundred meter sprinter. Oh wow! And he so, he absolutely adores it. And my sister's done gold, silver, bronze, DOV. Yeah. We're all very, very active.
0: So growing up with dwarfism, did you feel excluded from certain sports?
1: Of course, I I, I felt excluded, especially. I went to a rugby-based school in Surrey. One of my it's, I love that school. I go back there every year to mm-hmm. talk to the kids. And I've never, I, I speak to many schools every year and this school is always the most active. They've always got the kids outside doing things. And it was a bit sad seeing them, you know, running around doing doing the rugby. In fact, actually, this on a, on the sport topic, um, obviously you've got the school cross country mm. and you, with you know, the annual school cross country and every year you've got lots of kids trying to make excuses to get out of it. And I would ask to compete because I wanted to prove that I could do it. Um, And that started off at Aldro when I was uh, nine or 10 at the school in Surrey. Um, And I ended up doing it at Stowe School where there's 800 kids. And I wanted to do it to prove, you know, I can do it. And I ended up beating half the school. (laughs) (laughs) with my little legs and i'm not a runner i'm a swimmer yeah i ended up i think that was mostly between grit and dissemination i absolutely hated it don't get me wrong but i like proving a point yes um and i can go quite far to prove a point
0: so did you feel different growing up then and is that what drove you to want to prove that point
1: yeah it's very i I love that sort of question because uh, it's a very similar question i get asked a lot of kids is when did you first realize you have dwarfism Mm. And it's other people around me that make me realise. Like, my parents, obviously, they let me know that, yeah, you're you're different. But my brother and sister firstly never excluded me. Um, they don't have dwarfism. They don't have dwarfism. I'm the only one in my family who don't have dwarfism. It's a naturally rec- um, occurring uh, disability. Actually, 80% of people with achondroplasia are born to normal-sized parents. Right. 80%. Yeah. so the chances are they're actually just it's a random accident right um but no I was never uh, you, you do feel different I don't particularly like the way I look it, it, it gets still reinforced now? Yeah, still now I don't. I don't like it uh, obviously I do the best I can to keep myself in shape mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm very very honest you know you walk past and you see yourself in a shop window and I, I don't like it mm. but I thought you know, and one thing I've always been taught is to play the cards you've been dealt with in life. And for me, it's two very different things. So I'm very, very fortunate in a family background. I've been brought up in a very privileged lifestyle, which I'm extremely grateful for, which has been very helpful in supporting me. But at the same time, I've also got dwarfism, which is obviously no one's fault. No one can control it. Um, but I've always wanted to make the best out of it. And I believe... <laughs> What I've done is I've done the best I possibly can. And actually it has provided me with opportunities I don't think I would have done. Yeah. There's lots of things I would have done if I didn't have to. Obviously I would have loved to have been in the army. I would have loved to be been a helicopter pilot. Oh, wow. um, I would have loved to have done all that sort of thing. But obviously I can't yeah. do that. Yeah. So now if- is the time to make the most of it, I think. But yeah. yeah, no, I don't like the way I look and I do feel different. That's why it helps when I walk down the street. I put headphones in mm. because you don't hear the kids saying, oh, he looks funny, he looks different. Yeah. So ta- sort of talk to
0: me about that then. Are you quite aware of people looking at you and talking about you?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It uh, Every day. Like, Well, we were in the middle of Soho. And uh, here, Soho actually is one of my favourite areas because anything goes here. Mm. There are so many different people um, wearing all sorts of funky outfits from all walks of life. There's a, one particular character who walks around called Soho George. He wears the most amazing suits and hats. He looks, you can spot him from a mile away, but everyone loves him because of who he is, the way he dresses. And you get, because you get everything here. I, I hang out, I, I spend a lot of time in Soho. But in a lot of different places, you do get noticed when there are a lot of young kids. Mm-hmm. That's why I put headphones in, because you're less likely to hear. It's blissful ignorance, I believe. But... Obviously, there was times where it gets driven further. For instance, that social media post that yeah. you talked about. That yeah. was in Northampton.
0: So tell us about that. So you'd would you'd been to the Paralympic Games in Tokyo. Yeah. You'd had a great Games, I think. You finaled, didn't you?
1: Yeah, final in the relay.
0: Yeah, it was your first Games. You, I saw you wrote, wrote that you were kind of came home celebrated as a hero. And then, then what happened?
1: So this was um, actually in New Year. This was January the 3rd, I believe. And... This is when you're going through a process of the Olympic blues, which I'm sure you're very familiar with. Uh, at the same time, I'd also been through um, a rather emotional breakup. So you got the you know, a double whammy. And I, that day, I'd actually lost my keys. I spent the entire day looking for my keys and I was pretty pissed off by the end of it. Um, and obviously, I was going back to Northampton after you know uh, a few weeks at home of Christmas and I need to get some food so I went to my local supermarket and there were just these three girls you know they were laughing at me as I walked in the entrance I thought if they're still there when I come out I'm gonna go confront them they still were and they yeah. were looking for me
0: like laughing at you in a bullyish manner
1: they were laughing they were um they were what I call sniggering mm-hmm. um they would and it's what a lot of people do they bow their heads mm mm-hmm and you can see the whites in the bottom of their eyes and they're looking at you and they turned very very sneaky mm-hmm. um and it's the it's not very nice so i went and confronted them they denied it um and then i walked away and then they said some couple of abusive things and i went back home and i was pretty annoyed if i'm being honest actually i i didn't cry but i thought you know what screw this, I need to do something. Yeah. And I put this post on social media and, oh my word. And um, Well, for, for an account the size of mine, it went viral. <laughs> it, it, it I, I think it got seen by about 200,000 people.
0: Wow. What did the post say?
1: Um, I just said, I was very honest. I swore a lot. Um, I, I was very, very honest. I sw- and I think it came to a shock for a lot of people. Um, and then the news got hold of it and... Uh, what was really interesting is actually how many how many people it shocked um, in two different instances. So there was an initial video that got put out by BBC News um, that the initial reporter then told me for last year, which included obviously the death um, uh, death of the Queen, uh, obviously the funeral and all that sort of thing in twenty twenty two. It was the seventh most viewed BBC News video of the year. Oh wow with three and a half million views. And it went to number one twice, which they hadn't happened for anything else that year. Yeah. Was the- so
0: you think people were shocked that you, you have to experience that abuse? Yeah, yeah.
1: So the title of the BBC News video was I'm sick to death of being laughed at every day. Mm. And the, the reporter, uh, James Burridge, who I worked with, he was very, very clever in working out how to share the message properly. And he, I remember him, him saying to me, he said, this is gonna be national so this was BBC Look East I think mm-hmm. and he said this is going to be national I was like mm, I don't think so and yeah lo and behold a week later I was in the studios in Manchester and then a half week later I was having a 15 minute audience with the Prime Minister <laughs> which was not something I expected I met the Prime Minister, I met Sir Keir Starmer I met Ian Blackford for the SNP I, w- I still work with a couple of the MPs now which we'll talk about later and it's just growing and growing and growing, and amazing. I've, I'm still reaping the opportunities yeah. from that to this day.
0: Yeah. So from athlete to change maker, basically.
1: Yeah. And what's really funny is because obviously a lot of my friends who went to Tokyo, they all medaled. Mm. I haven't. Um, I don't know how you know what my potential is to medal, um, whether that be Paris or LA. But um, it's quite nice to be known as an athlete in charge of change because you know medals quite. I wouldn't say common. But, you know, it's the cliche thing, get your medal and that sort of thing. But to be someone with dwarfism championing change mm. and to be that, to be my legacy, I don't think that's too bad. That's I think amazing. that's, you know, I've got, I had people write, write to me and stuff like that. And that was really weird because I thought, obviously it's lovely, but I thought, hang on, I'm no hero. This yeah. is, yeah. I, I'm still very normal. I haven't won anything. I just went to the Paralympics and... Someone actually wrote me a letter, and it was amazing. They put Will Perry, Woodson, Northampton, on the letter. That was it, and it made its way to my door. Really? No idea how, but yeah, it yeah, did. Yeah. And, it had, and it was posted. It wasn't hand-delivered. I couldn't believe it. Um, saying some really nice things about you know, people at Dawson. I've still, I've still got messages to read. There's so many mm. nice ones. But also what shocked me was other people with other disabilities mm-hmm. messaging me about their abuse. Yeah, there's a lot about alopecia. Oh, wow. A lot about downs, yeah, and a lot about autism. Those were the three that really stood out. Yeah. Um, so, what me. what
0: change are you championing? What do you want to see happen? For me,
1: the idea is to blend in. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, everyone blends in. Obviously, you get people who are tall; they get noticed and stared at. Or actors, and it's not the it's like goldfish in a goldfish bowl. For me, it's just to blend in society, to be invisible, to normalise dwarfism. Um, I think, for instance, we've got Ellie Simmons, who's put a lot of exposure yeah. out there, obviously with various documentaries, and Strictly. Strictly,
0: Strictly was amazing oh, for Strictly. that. Oh,
1: fabulous. Yeah. I, I don't like Strictly. I don't like watching it. And I ended up going to a live show. <laughs> My goodness gracious me. <laughs> that must
0: have been brilliant. Telling... Do you know how many people would love to go to those live shows? Oh, it's fantastic. <laughs> I went with
1: um, Maisie Summers-Newson. It was oh, yeah. quite cool because... Um, obviously we're all three of us were teammates in Tokyo and it was quite fun going to watch her. Um and obviously she what a lighthouse model for Yeah. For People Dwarfsom. Amazing. And she really, really cares. I talked to her about it. And she really cares about how people with autism are portrayed. Yeah. Um
0: so has it changed since she was in Strictly?
1: I think so a bit. Okay. I've I've walked around with her in London a a fair few times mm. and I'm her f- official photographer there's lots of people who come up and ask for a photo with her uh, I've not been recognized yet it'd be nice <laughs> to have at least one well, I've not been recognized yet but everyone says how to her how amazing obviously she was working with her I did a documentary as well with, on a rather touchy subject which is a drug called vasorotide yes which is uh, basically the aim is to uh, massively reduce the effects of dwarfism
0: mm-hmm would that Um, work with someone with achondroplasia yes
1: well uh, yes and no the because obviously you have to take it from birth and it's only obviously been recently created we can't you can't see the final effect if you get why it's quite early days yes so what's
0: your opinions on that then
1: well it's funny i've not expressed my opinions publicly yet because they were edited out in the interview (laughs) it's very, very difficult because, obviously, as I mentioned earlier, eighty percent, for instance, on achondroplasia, are born to non-dwarfism parents, and they don't know what it's like. Mm. Ellie's much more pro-dwarfism than I am. Yeah, she's very, uh, you know, this is the card you've been played, and actually, I'm proud to be dwarf, and I, I'm, I am as well. But
0: but you've said you don't like the way you look.
1: I don't like the way I look, but it won't change it. it you just you're taller, mm. but also it. But then on the flip side of things, I'm very, very lucky I don't have many medical issues. Yeah. I know I had an ex-partner um, who has 24, 25 operations to date because mm-hmm. of dwarfism. Yeah. That's horrendous. That's. It, it's would that, so I don't sad. think that
0: drug would make no, that any better, would it? It does. Oh, it does? It does
1: help increase the apparently. Um, obviously, I'm no scientist or biologist, yeah. but apparently it does. Um,
0: That's interesting. So if it's actually reducing... The, the health amount, effects. Exactly, it well, not improving make, the health. Yes,
1: it's not just making them grow taller. It yeah. does help the growth effects, uh, the medical effects. Yeah.
0: Has it been approved in the UK? No. Y- in America?
1: I believe it's just been approved in America, but it is expensive. It's about two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Oh wow! It's not cheap.
0: And they don't, like you said, they don't know the side effects yet. So they don't know the side to effects. See.
1: And your your skeletal structure won't change as in my pelvis Mm. um and the uh, bottom of my back is much more curvy yeah which gives you there's no other way of a much more pronounced bum yeah um that's one of the most announced things obviously arms are different Mm -hmm. you can get very big um skulls Mm -hmm. that won't change and if you you're still what five foot five i'm four foot five yeah but if you're five foot four you you'll still look different so i know people who are very very happy they've got very full lives Mm. and they're not just the celebrity ones they're very normal people they're doing all sorts i've known someone who's studying to be a doctor i know someone who's studying to be a teacher uh lots of normal things
0: do you do you not feel like you have a full life because of
1: your i have a very full life i'm very very lucky Mm. but obviously you always want something more don't you yeah. Everyone wants more. I was
0: going to say but you know even people without disabilities they all want it. Of course, more as everyone, well.
1: Everyone strives more. There's a really really good graphic somewhere. It's not to do with you know your human body it's to do with money. Mm-hmm. And there was um there's a man flying around in a helicopter and there's a man in a lam- in a Lamborghini driving on the ground saying I wish I had the money to afford a helicopter. And then there's a man in a Range Rover saying I wish I could afford a Lamborghini. Then there's a em- family car I wish I had a Range Rover. And then eventually goes down to someone looking, I wish I had a car on a bicycle. Someone, I wish I could afford a bicycle. And then someone looking, a man walking, saying, I wish I could walk. Mm-hmm. Um, and then someone saying, I wish I could be in a wheelchair. Yeah. Because they're that. So everyone always wants more. Yeah. Um, but I have a very, very full life. I'm very lucky. And mm-hmm. for the most part, I'm very, very happy. I've got a lovely family, very supportive. I've got a gr- brilliant bunch of people around me. There's nothing... There is nothing I'm I I can be ungrateful for. Yeah. Um the you know, the dwarfism thing, the bullying obviously it's that's the only downside and everyone experiences that whether you're from a privileged background, um, whether you're from any backgrounds. Mm. And what's really interesting, I spoke to I actually got a lot of abuse from this. Um I did a GmB uh interview with Susanna Reed, I can't remember who the yeah. other presenter was, and a TikToker called Fat Simbo, who's yeah. a friend of mine. Yeah and i asked her i said because um, obviously she's black mm-hmm. um i said compared racism and discrimination do you get more abuse for being black or mm-hmm. more abuse for having dwarfism she said of uh, for every i, I can't uh, how she worded it but it was basically like for every one time she gets um a racism she Mm. gets nine times abuse for dwarfism really that's what she told me it might have changed obviously different people experience different things but that's something she told me um and that showed that's the extent of how bad it is there's lots of people to back me up on for some abuse there's so many messages i get with so many stories Mm. so for someone like
0: you who's you know seeking to become the best in your in your sport right and you need to kind of have that internal confidence to do that to be an athlete you need to really believe in yourself how does that abuse and bullying affect you because that must kind of chip away at your confidence
1: it does it doesn't actually increases it as well with what i do yeah when you get these people abusing you normally it's because something's not great in their life i'm not a psychologist in any form but because i've also been bullied at school um but i think it's when their life is not going so well they try and imagine whose life might be a bit worse than mine mm. and they think, mm, maybe he's got a, let's go let's make me feel better yeah. and that sort of thing and it's very very true then obviously in, in, in some extent i feel sorry for them because mm. they've been neglected in some sort of way yeah. to the point where they're abusing it's not the same rule for everyone you can see there are some people who are just perfectly normal people who just take the the mickey yeah but then i sort of try and remember actually i've got a great bunch there's nothing they're just very very wrong i've got a lot going for me i've got lots of lovely friends lovely lovely family they might not have the same, sex. So you know what, I'm going to hold my head high and just going to keep on going. Yeah. I'll forget it in five minutes. It's only when I have a bad day when it really affects me, but that's not very often.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's great to hear. Tell me about, you said you were bullied at school. Was that for the same, was that for dwarfism? Um,
1: yes, it was It was pretty horrendous. Um, and... Uh, I, how do I say it? It was... It, was, it wasn't nice. It was... Um, I I was very very isolated obviously a lot of people were bullied for all sorts of reasons you find out you you find some actually the most successful people in the world were bullied Mm. I think it creates a better human being later it was I think very typical bullying for a very typical reason Mm.
0: so did did it help when you got into swimming was that a bit of an outlet for you it
1: it was it was an escape for me at the time even then they said I wouldn't succeed and it's quite nice now that I have Have
0: any of those bullies kind of come back now that you have succeeded and tried to be uh, nice to you? Or
1: some have actually come back and said, "Actually, I'm really sorry."
0: Really, they've apologized. They've
1: apologized. Um, Others, they've not acknowledged it, and others, I've had some messages from some, Mm. but it's in the past. There's no, there's no issue to go. There's no reason to go on and on about it. Kids are young. Um, so you're able to forgive oh, these bullies? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, but I'm very happy with everything. I've, I don't need anything more. I don't need any more friends. I don't yeah. need to, like, forgiving them. It's fine. It doesn't make a difference to yeah. me. Um, but good. if it makes a difference to them and gives them closure, mm. then that's better for them, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, well done, you, because it's not easy to forgive, especially when someone's made such an impact on your. Yeah,
1: well, the worst ones haven't, but <laughs> they can go and do their their own little <laughs> thing. And you know, I wish them all the best. Yeah, I never wish it on anybody, but. It's, it makes no big impact on me now I'm, I've, I've got I'm very very lucky I've got a yeah. lovely bunch of people around me
0: amazing so talk to me about what you're doing uh, politics wise regarding disability representation and where you're up to with all of that
1: so um, obviously <laughs> when we started I first got introduced to the little politicians in January 2022 mm-hmm. um, then we've had a little shuffle around since we've had two prime ministers we are working on something we've got events coming up soon we're working with little people charity Because the one thing I'm really, really clear on is I don't just represent people with dwarfism. Mm -hmm. There are people who have different opinions on different terms on what we're called. And I wanted, not a board of experts, but a bigger majority of people who weren't from the Paralympic background who are just normal people. Yeah. Because I think Paralympic background people are much more, you know, it's a very cliche it's like it's not the it's not representing the general population of people with dwarfism. Um, I want to look at hate crime mm-hmm. because it's not a hate crime at the moment. I want to look at education because the, I, for instance, at school never learned about me. Yeah, because you, you can go on TV as much as you want, yeah. and if these people have already got an image of what you're like, the worst ones aren't going to change just because you said some sad words on BBC Breakfast. Mm. So the change has to start really, really young. That's yeah. why some I've got a couple of friends who want to be primary school teachers because yeah. they want to teach kids. And that's amazing. Yeah, for inc-
0: if, if kids see a teacher with dwarfism, then that's, that's you know, normal exactly. for them.
1: Exactly. Um, and when they're exposed to them being young, for instance, I learned about amputation through I can't remember um, what her name was, but there was this. Uh, presenter on CBeebies mm-hmm. who had oh, yeah, I remember. one arm and mm-hmm. that's the first time I ever learnt about it. I've never seen anyone with amputation before. Yeah. I remember asking my mum, uh, why is that lady only got one arm? And yeah. she explained and therefore ever since I knew about amputation mm-hmm. the same needs to happen with different disabilities. Yeah.
0: It's exposure, um, isn't it?
1: Exactly. Yeah. I think a friend of mine, Maisie, she did I can't remember what it's called. She did something on CBeebies where it was like, what's in my bag?
0: Yeah.
1: Or something like that. I didn't watch it but... Um, that sort of thing is really, really good yeah. for that young generation. I'm not a parent, so I don't know how a kid's mind works, but I do know they absorb information. They learn quickly. Yeah. So if I can get young exposure, which is something I want to do with education, therefore I need to do it through politics, mm. then if I can do one thing, yeah. it'd be that. Really. Everything else. Yeah, 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 Because that one thing... In a few years can help resolve everything else mm. so that's the one thing I would want to do yeah um, and I've told them I'm not going away yeah um, and' we've, we've, I've been very very adamant to show that what I'm doing is cross party we're going to do an event at some point in parliament as well it's cross party it's very mm. um, nu- neutral political oh, yeah it's we just want to make change
0: yeah oh, that's amazing. I think you know I think exposure's so important. I think one of the problems with dwarfism <laughs> is in films. Often the, those characters are portrayed as comical characters. I've never understood that.
1: I think I don't know. It, it, we almost seem like jesters, and I've done some invest, investigating, just really online about dwarfism, mm. and it's particularly bad in two different aspects. Um, I won't go into the. Uh, I won't go into one of them in depth because it's pornography, but that obviously is bad mm. bad exposure but a lot of people watch it and the way we the way someone's with dwarfism is described in that aspect mm. it's uh and it, it doesn't get talked about that's why i think it gets missed out but the way someone's described it's horrendous it's more it's worse than worse and then the other one um we won't dive into them because <laughs> it it's but it does need to be mentioned yeah. because people i don't think are aware of it or they're very secretive about it the second one is uh, renter dwarf wow so if you go on google right now mm. type in renter dwarf there won't just be one website there's pages where you can rent dwarfs for stag dues and they're, they're, they're going on they're on their own free will so there's people in the dwarfism community who aren't helping us no way yeah yeah because um, they're getting paid they're getting paid a lot mm. of money yeah but why mm. it's it's so degenerative well, and it doesn't help us. It movement, doesn't help it? us. And then a lot of people, that's the way they view us. Yeah. But that's, it does happen. And you yeah. look at it up and there's so many, it's its awful. Oh, gosh. And I think that might relate. So another movie that relates to, you know, dwarfs uh, being portrayed in bad light is um, Wolf of Wall Street. I can't stand that movie. Oh, I've actually not seen it. It's um, the dwarfs, d- dwarfs are used as human darts.
0: No yeah
1: um oh my God I know it's 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 bad, yeah, um, so there's
0: so much that does need to there be changed is. but
1: really. there's also positive models so what I don't like is and actually this is what I was on gmb for last year was snow White and the seven dwarfs mm. and they've just now removed the seven dwarfs they're now I paid. read this it's horrendous right. because that's you know firstly you're you're changing a fairy tale yeah. and the those dwarfs, they're viewed in a happy, lovely way. Well, yeah. one's grumpy, one's whatever. That's yeah. fine. That's it's absolutely not fine. offensive, is it's it? It's not offensive whatsoever.
0: So, what have they done with Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs? They've. they've uh, well, replaced... they firstly, they've
1: made Snow White a different colour, which is in itself attracts criticism. Mm-hmm. But they've just played, got normal people to play the dwarfs. Oh. So they're not dwarfs. So it's Snow White and Seven Men. Well, that's not how. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> That's not helping the exposure, is it, we're no, talking about? No, it's not about? great. It's whitewashing. <laughs> and it's also, there are lots of those... I watched the Piers Morgan debate. I can't remember what one. There's um, a man from WWE with dwarfism, and he actually put a really good argument in, saying there are a lot of aspiring actors with dwarfism out there who want to get roles, yeah. who need to get noticed. Yeah. And these seven roles are now being taken away. I uh, and, and hopefully, at some point, it would link to um, uh, more roles for people with dwarfism who in a role that doesn't require dwarfism, oh it's not about dwarfism dwarfism, if you get what I mean, let's let's take a movie about two lovers, one can have dwarfism it's fine Um, I don't want to make the, that's one thing I always talk about is I'm not woke, I don't believe in um, we have to have everything exactly equal to everyone Mm -hmm. we're in a country that's, the majority is white, I know for instance in UK UK If you add up, if you work everything out, there's around three and a half thousand to four thousand people with dwarfism. Mm -hmm. And there's what, 70 million of us? Yeah. So I know, obviously, I don't expect us to be everywhere. It's not possible and it's not representative, but it's just for people to be aware and comfortable with us. That's what, that's my opinion on it all.
0: You don't want to be seen as different.
1: No, no, no. We just fit in. Yeah. And we've come so far. Yeah. Um, But
0: isn't that interesting how, because the Paralympic Games celebrates your differences? Yes. So that's a bit of a different thing. we only get celebrated
1: every four years. Yeah. Whereas everything else gets celebrated all the time. For instance, you know, we've got Pride Month, which is one whole month. Mm -hmm. And did you know there's actually a Dwarfism Awareness Month?
0: Yeah, there's, yeah.
1: But no one knows when it is. No one
0: knows. I mean, there's a month for everything. There's a month
1: for everything and a day for everything. Uh, But yeah we can yeah. do better we've come basically. so we've come so far you know, yeah you know 100 years ago gay marriage was illegal yeah. actually it wasn't even that long ago that gay marriage was illegal yeah. and now it's one simple rule change and yeah. it's made so many more people happy yeah we live among uh, uh, well at least in the uk we live in uh, among all forms of religion race mm. there's so especially in london everything's here and everyone most of the time gets on hum, um i can't pronounce the word harmoniously harmoniously, <laughs> harmoniously. harmoniously. <laughs> But we feel like we've left, we've not been included on that train, if you yeah. get what I mean. But I'm hoping things are gonna change. Yeah. That's why I haven't, also, because I think when a lot of people go for change and talk about change, because they bang on about it all the time, people get fed up, when actually, even when it's a, it's a good cause. So for instance, let's take just a point on climate change. Climate change is real. Uh, the, you know, the world is warming up, but sitting in front of the road and blocking everyone up is not gonna help. But the people who are actually behind the scenes and doing the work, Mm. you know, planting the trees, clearing up the oceans, that sort of thing, that's what's combating climate change. So I've made my point last year. Yeah. And I update people every so often. Mm. And if I see something a bit horrendous, I will put my disapproval out which I think I've done two or three times Yeah. but apart from that I stay quite quiet because I want to, but we have been doing things.
0: Yeah but you're also doing lots of positive stuff aren't you? So for instance um, your fashion brand.
1: Yeah 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 the fashion brand. Yeah tell us about that because that's really positive. That's that's one thing I didn't think I'd be doing Um, walking down a catwalk
0: (laughs) Was that in London Fashion Week? That
1: was in London Fashion Week in February. So Um, athlete
0: to change maker to model
1: Yeah (laughs) Well I would I love suits. Um, mm-hmm. This lady, lovely lady called Victoria Jenkins, she's created an amazing fashion line for people with disabilities, including like magnetic buttons mm-hmm. for people with one arm to button okay. up shirts and yeah. uh, special trousers for people in wheelchairs. Mm-hmm. She's got an amazing fashion line. It's called Unhidden Fashion, and she approached me and said, "Do you want to do a collaboration?" I was like, "Yes, but only if it suits." <laughs> <laughs> Suits are really, really hard to get a hold of. Oh, are they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you have to spend a fortune getting them made. Yeah, an utter fortune to yeah. make them because obviously, dwarf people with dwarfism, I can say we look really weird. Um, they're Why hard. do you think you look weird? Because our proportions are out. You have got the normality. Let's, let's take mm. let's take a hundred a line of a hundred sh- soldiers. Put one in a wheelchair. Put another one. Um, a foot shorter than the others you're going to notice the t- other two naturally it looks weird but it's alright yeah, I-, I
0: would say it's not weird it's different
1: different yeah um, I think we're a bit weird but that's my own <laughs> personal opinion anyway yeah. um, and I thought it'd be really nice to have a click and collect option obviously it's not going to fit perfectly but an option where they can select actually you know what I can have a suit for 300 quid yeah. that will basically fit me Yeah. there's obviously issues with that obviously with my market in the uk is three and a half thousand people yeah instead of 60 million mm-hmm. so, so theres is issues go with it's <laughs> yeah we will we'll think about going worldwide but there's obviously issues she's very very um uh responsible so we won't have um any underpaid labor etc it's mm-hmm. got to be done properly yeah. which does make it more expensive yeah Uh, which makes production issues. So I think it's actually being either in Bulgaria or UK it's being made. So it's very responsibly sourced, Mm -hmm. which it's great. It's brilliant, but it does make things more expensive and harder to produce, which means you need large. Either we do a thing where click and order, it Mm -hmm. takes longer. I'm clicking um, create rather. You order it and then we create it and send it out. But that's, Quite yeah, long, yeah. or we have to buy a batch. But when we have to buy a batch, we have to buy a hundred. Mm, so you have gosh. to come up with a large sum. So it's yeah. very, very difficult. Yes, yeah, and I don't know if I'm going to sell one or a thousand. Yeah, I have no idea. I've had interest. Okay. I've, got, I've had lots of interest. Yeah, but
0: it's, it's 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 exciting it's and exciting. it's positive. Do you it's know what I mean? What and it's exciting,
1: about. and I know there's a market for it. Yeah.
0: And um, talk to me about grit and resilience because we do talk about resilience on this podcast. Um. And I'm interested, do you see yourself as a resilient person?
1: Yes and no. Um, I thought I was resilient for a while, and I think actually I am resilient, but Mm -hmm. I believe there are people in the world who are far more resilient than me. Uh, I've obviously been exposed to the issues of dwarfism, but then I've Mm -hmm. had a very privileged background. Yeah. There are obviously some people who've had the same dwarfism exposure, but not the privilege. Mm. And Yes, I, I, like when we, I think there's grit and resilience in several different forms. You've got the grit and resilience in training. Yeah, and I'm not the best. <laughs> I, I don't like the pain. There is, you know, I, I, I listen to. I think I, remember, I think it's Head Above Water or something like that. Um, a really good swimming series on Amazon Prime mm-hmm. with Carl Chalmers, Cody Simpson. Okay. And I remember Carl Chalmers saying, "I love the pain." Oh, wow. I can. It's for me. It's like my best friend. And I thought, nah.
0: No, I don't, like don't like yeah. I don't like that. I don't like that.
1: So I think there's a the grit and resilience in that aspect, keeping yeah. going. Then there's a the grit and resilience of getting up at four twenty yeah. in the morning, five times a week, which yeah. I do do. And if I don't, I get told off, <laughs> or I don't perform. So yeah. I've got to do that. But I suppose I've done that for so long; it's sort of my daily routine. I just try and sleep during the day. Mm. But then there's the grit and resilience, obviously, that comes with disability. Yeah. um the aspects of him i think i've got varying levels i think everyone's got a bit of resilience and grit in their own little aspects obviously everyone Mm. has their own little problems their own little battles and i would say i would lots of people i think have said oh you you know you've got so much grit and resilience i go yeah yeah." but i don't know that's because it's my day-to-day life
0: well i would say from as an onlooker you know you've talked about this abuse that you've been subjected to kind of growing up and then you've been able to turn it into a positive thing yeah you know with your successes in swimming through what you're doing with the fashion brand through the stuff that you're doing through politics trying to change i mean as an onlooker you look like a very resilient person
1: but i think it's something you develop
0: yes i agree
1: um you develop through life through life every life experience so there's always my mom mom used to tell me because i was never academic that's the other thing that i really struggled with was academics i was i've got attention deficit disorder Mm -hmm. i've also got visual processing issues and i've got short-term memory loss not a great combination (laughs) for getting your gcses (laughs) which i did do for a lot of work i did mass tutoring once a week for a year Mm. to get a b thank god for that that's good um B was like 43 percent I think which is oh. a bit shocking <laughs> my, my mock I got three and six percent so I needed to do that but they always said that you know kids who sell through school mm-hmm. a's everywhere best at every sport they don't necessarily have the same experience once again to union yeah. life whereas the other way around yeah. when you've had to oh i've got to go do extra tutoring Yay. or you've got to seek extra help you learn how to get help you learn how exactly. to spend longer doing work and i think that makes you a more resilient person so that's what i believe you develop grit and resilience yeah. and everyone has it in their own little sense because i believe everyone's intelligent in some mm. form I'm not academically intelligent at all. Yeah. Um, I was a bit of a classroom potato. But...
0: <laughs> but you've developed resi- your I resilience I've developed resilience. Through, I, I don't still know.
1: don't like maths. I still can't do it. You don't do need it. to learn maths. I don't need to learn maths. It's all right. It's okay. <laughs> um, but, yeah. I would say I am resilient. I, I do have grit. But I would say I've got it in, you know, the sense my brother would have it. Yeah. Or, for instance, my sister. She... Actually, I look up to her. So you mentioned you had breast cancer mm-hmm. in 2020 my sister got leukemia in september 2022 oh, wow! and it was also her a level year oh. so she had to she went through an experimental treatment with arsenic don't ask me how it works i know arsenic's poisonous and i don't know how <laughs> she so she went through tra- treatment at the jr um in oxford mm-hmm. and did her a levels at the same time so she missed two months of school and still worked and she got her results was it last week and she got a star a star a despite doing (laughs) cancer treatment and also despite a's being down wow you know nationally
0: yeah yeah. how is she now
1: very happy very full of life she wants to be a doctor now really um so she i'm utterly inspired by Mm. her and that's what i call grit and resilience because she really really struggled yeah um but that's that for me so I think also you get and grit you get on that subject you get grit and resilience from watching others, especially people who are close to you. Yeah, uh, I'm. I've got to know plenty of people who have had cancer. And it's actually a lot more common than you might think. It's mm. I think it's one, one and two. And two. Yeah. yeah, one and two. And she's been utterly inspiring. I couldn't get any. I didn't actually do A levels. Yeah. And she's done it. Do it during cancer treatment. And I believe the leukemia that she got was so rare that six to twelve kids a year in UK get it. Oh my goodness. Six to twelve. So she's done amazing. So she's done very, very well. well Obviously a very distressing her. time for my mum. Very good. great you know, resilience for her and my dad. Oh, yeah. um, it's hard. But she's done very well. Yeah.
0: Final question, Will, because we've got to tie it up. If you could go back in time to when things were at their hardest for you, so let's say, you know, when you were at school being bullied, what do you wish you could have told yourself?
1: You'll... <sighs> What I wish I could have told myself is that it will be all right. There are hard times, but you can never. No one can predict the future. Mm. You know, a year ago, I didn't think I'd be doing fashion. I didn't think I'd be doing. A, um, I don't think I'd be looking into avenues of motorsport. I didn't think yeah. I'd be doing a lot of things. And I, I, I what I will always say is, a lot can change in a year, and that's why I always tell myself. Um I hope that won't happen once once I get into a, a solid career working in the city. Yeah. Um I, I'd I'd like something a bit more stable, but a lot can happen. Time can be kind and time can be hard. Mm-hmm. But I think you know, just giving a little I would have given, you know, fifteen year old me a little pat on the shoulder, you know, it'll be alright, just stick at it. Not to change a thing now. Because that was the same school, I was bullied at the same school that introduced me to swimming. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, if i gone to a different school, I might not have swam. And yeah. I just might have ended up being someone totally normal, which I, you know, I don't want, apart from blending into society, being normal in society, me myself, I don't want to be normal. I want to be going, I want to be the first to do this. I want to yeah, be the first yeah, to yeah. do that. So I think, I think that if it was going to be a quote, time can be nice, time can be hard. That's what I would have said.
0: Nice, I like it. Good place to finish. Thank you, Will. Thank you for sharing your story with us. You are a force of nature. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I do. I think you're an amazing representative of um, disability representation and I hope you continue trying to get your word out there. Keep training hard as well because we want to see you on the podium in Paris. I'll do my best. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Will. Thank you. Really hope you enjoyed this podcast with Will today. If you did like it, please, please rate, review and subscribe to When Life Gives You Lemons.